Hello and welcome to Finance, Energy and Beyond, brought to you by Stanbrook Consulting, a specialist recruitment consultancy for the finance and energy markets. I'm your host Jack Hopper and in this episode I'm joined by Akua Opong, Senior Associate at LSEG. Akua shares how she supports the London Stock Exchange Group with their DE&I strategy and gives her personal opinions on systemic issues within our society. I hope you enjoy. Akua, welcome. Hi, how are you doing, Jack? Have you had a good day so far? Really good so far, thank you. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. Uh, it'd be great for our listeners to know a little bit about yourself. Can you tell us who you are, uh, where you work and, and what you do? Yeah, sure. So um, first of all, I'm so glad to be here today to have this conversation, and especially during Black History Month, where we're talking about saluting our sisters. So, yeah, it, it, it's a nice time to be having this conversation. So, um, yeah, my name is Akua Pong, and I work for the London Stock Exchange Group as a senior associate. Um, I've worked here for just over four years now, but um, I work in the technology department here. So, in my role, I come under the infrastructure and cloud era, but I'm one of like the on-site support staff. So, yeah, during the pandemic, it was all hands on deck and, <laughs> um, yeah, very interesting times. But um, outside of my day-to-day role, I have many hats, people would say. they yeah. just Most people go to me, I, I don't actually know your role, but I like to cause that element of surprise. So why not, right? <laughs> um, yeah, so, um, yeah, so uh, I... Um, I'm part of the mental health champions community. Um, I work within the accessibility um, committee team here. I head up the court, um, can't even remember it now. I head up the external partnerships with the women's networks and do quite a lot of like community um, work for them. And then I do quite a lot of the community action lead um, work as well. So that's like outreach projects volunteering and charity initiatives throughout the year um yeah so it's kind of quite diverse and yeah it's keeps me busy let's say especially October oh my god busiest month ever (laughs) (laughs) yeah but it's a good intro you wear lots of hats there I mean many many hats yeah um and and some of the some of those hats we're going to dive into today on our conversation right because you're right look it's Black History Month um, and I think it's really important that we talk about representation and, and, and have the conversations around what are certain companies doing to increase representation across their company. And that's why I want to have a conversation with you today. Yeah, LSEG sure. are doing so, some great work and you're, you're part of that. Just can you tell us a little bit more about the work you're doing at LSEG and, and, and what your involvement is there? Yes. Yeah, so, um, Apart from my, my day-to-day role, like, um, yeah, I've been heavily working quite a lot in um, with a lot of the um, employee network groups. And um, it started, I think, about, yeah, four years ago, because that's how long I've been here anyway. I had to rethink that. I was like, have I actually been here longer? But, um, yeah, no, so it's one of those. But um, I started off doing some work with more community areas. So I got involved in, I think it was the UNICEF, like, um, it was a wall to walk. So um, every day for a week would walk like about five miles or so. So that would kind mm. of um, mimic how many miles a child walks of water in other countries. So, yeah, wow. so we did that. And um, it it was interesting because even like to, 
fitting five miles during the day is quite hard around work you're like do you do it before do you do after work and I remember I started doing it after work and then sometimes I'll get such a bug for it and I'd actually send it like there was one or two days that I actually did like eight miles and then on the weekend I did 10 miles each because I was just like I actually enjoy walking around London a couple of crazy people but we'll overlook that but like um yeah apart from that it was yeah it's really good fun and then there was uh one of my colleagues uh Sarah Hutt where she would absolutely like she would just like go to oh my god when she if she sees this or when she sees this but yeah she like kind of put, took me aside and she was just like oh, we've got a wellbeing forum. And she was just like, we want someone to head social purpose. Do you want to do it? And I was just kind of, I'm in an iron, but I was just like, you know what? I'll give it a try. Cause like, what's the worst that could happen, right? And then like, yeah, she she supported me and showed me like so much kindness. And that kind of started off a lot of my journey here. And also my friend, Ella Morgan, that got me involved in the actual um, water walk um, with UNICEF. Um, yeah, she was great. And she was just like, we've got this women's network and like we do this and that. And then she kind of like somehow headlocked me into, um, she did headlock me. She headlocked <laughs> me into like doing uh, starting in there. And then, yeah, I started from there. Then I started doing different kind of like um, charity and fundraising initiatives. So I think it started off with like, I got involved a bit with Eva Pill. So they focused a lot on gynae cancers. And then um, I did a few kind of like charities around kind of women's health or even schools and that kind of thing. So there was like SHS, I did an aspiration there. And then I think it was probably at the end of maybe 20, no, it's maybe 2020, even though that was in the pandemic year, I kind of set up doing a kind of virtual donation station. So let's say, um, it's now still going and even in person we're like actually going to be donating stuff this year but it was to choose like three or four charities and they don't necessarily have to be ELSIG partners but they're charities that we feel like need assistance so we're to choose like a food bank maybe a children's charity a homeless shelter and then another type of charity whether it was a women's refuge etc so then like um do a poster, write kind of what stuff they need, and then we'll set a timeline of between around the 24th of November to the 7th of December. We would collect the stuff, separate it, find out when the charities are open, and then send it to them. And yeah, like I've done that for yeah a number of years now, and um, it gives me joy because you help so many charities in different ways. Um, and the thing is, I think sometimes it's not always about just giving charities money. It's about like what support they need. Can you volunteer your time? Can you donate something that would go to them, whether it's clothing, et cetera. And especially Christmas where it gets colder, a lot of places need things like clothing for kids if it's refuges, toys, stuff like that. So it, you could like donate an endless amount of stuff that would actually give a tangible benefit to them, I would say lots and lots of stuff that you're getting involved yeah. in and t- tell me about the uh you're involved in a women's network at LSG. yeah yeah um tell me a bit a bit, bit more about that oh uh with that oh my god there's so much <laughs> so <laughs> I, I tend to do quite a bit like during um help out during international women's day so i do something more focused on community whether it's something around schools or a fundraiser so like this year or last year i i, I kind of forget sometimes because there's so much that happens um i did kind of um make time for tea so that's to raise money and awareness on ovarian cancer um started a lot of things around menstrual health and stuff like from menopause last year to other stuff this year like highlighting things like 
breast cancer awareness, endometriosis, just important topics that we don't talk about, because especially being a lady from um, the black community, um, in the, our community, basically, women are four times more likely to suffer from things like endometriosis, even menopause, get diagnosed late for certain health conditions. And it's just because sometimes they're not heard by the doctors or it's not taken seriously. And I'm trying to say, because I'm not trying to be disrespectful to the NHS doctors, they're doing an amazing job with the resources, time and or rather lack of resources, time and lack of money that they get. But sometimes it's kind of like there's so many instances where you've read or heard that someone, and especially from the ethnic community, goes and goes, uh, I've got X, Y, Z, and it takes so long to get that diagnosis and gets checks. And it's kind of, it has to change because the fact is you're lowering the um, life expectancy of women because they're not getting early diagnosis for things or there's been a misdiagnosis, things like that. And um, I just think that that needs to be better and if and the thing is as well, when that happens, people are most likely not willing to go to the doctors or stuff like that because they're just like they won't believe me. But sometimes you kind of have to make them believe you. And an example I'll use is um, so I suffer from Crohn's disease, so it's um something that affects like I've got inflammation in my stomach, so sometimes I can't eat certain things, I get blockage, I don't sometimes get nutrients, so I have to sometimes take like iron infusions every quarter. I take self inject myself every week like to help me stop like getting so much fatigue and to help me also digest food and various other things and so it's kind of important and I remember when I was first going through that journey I like first started to feel so ill and I, I don't get ill like that and I remember just like going to doctors and I was just like something's wrong because I was like it's not my appendix and I know certain things myself and I was just like it's not this it's not that and then I had to like work with a doctor who did actually believe me and she was like yeah no this is not right your vitals are not right stuff like that and so we went back to basics like eliminating certain food groups and stuff like that and then she was sending me on blood tests MRI scans everything and like bless her she was doing so much and even I remember she was due to go on maternity leave at one stage and I felt sad not just because well, I was happy for her she was going on maternity leave but I felt sad because someone actually listened and made a breakthrough for me and it was even through her that I found out that yeah I had Crohn's and then my other normal uh, GP that I've seen since I was like two she was like so on it as well like every time she got a letter where they said oh you're going in for an operation she would call me straight away and she'll be like why am I getting this letter about you do you know about this and I was like I didn't know I was going for an, <laughs> an operation anytime soon and that's quite scary because it's kind of like if you don't have people that advocate for you or fight your corner like anything can happen and that's why it's so important why representation matters and in terms of allyship advocacy those kind of things it's like words it's sometimes people like people throw these words around but they don't they're so important and even I've got a really great male friend called Lee Chambers. He does so much in this space about um, gender equality. He does so much about allyship and like he epitomizes what allyship is. And it's so great like to like sometimes hear what he says because you think he's a male, but he's constantly fighting advocacy and all that stuff for women. And it's so great to see because you don't sometimes get that. And no, I you probably, really, uh, yeah. And we probably need more of that, right? I think, yeah, uh, look, there's, this this is one thing that I want to be sure of that this conversation gets continued throughout the twelve yeah. months in a year rather than 
a conversation just being in October of every year. Yeah. So representation, whether that's uh, whether that's to do with race or whether that's just to do with uh, any any sort of diversity and, and inclusion conversation should be happening throughout the year, not just at certain periods uh, of, yeah. of the year, right? And, and this is what we want. We, the, the, the whole premise of me having these conversations with people that are doing some really fantastic things within some of the top organisations is that we have we have the conversations, but then there's action after these conversations. Yeah. And, 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 we, and we're striving to do more because there, there is definitely space for all companies yeah. uh, to do more. And I think all of us, if we can look in the mirror, we say that we, we probably could do more. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I do. I want to ask you because look, 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 we're we're here yeah. to talk about uh, Black History Month. But as a as a black female working yeah. in LSEG, um, what what does Black History Month mean to you? Yeah, um, it, it's so important because like, and I don't again throw this around like lightly, but hidden figures. There's so many women through time that literally did amazing work, or they kind of like paved the way for others. And sometimes you don't see them anywhere. You don't hear them talked about. And it's so important for me. That's why one of my all time favorite movies is Hidden Figures. And I love all the actresses in there from Octavia Spencer, Taraji Mm. P. Henson, Janae Monet. They were all like amazing women. But even watching the film, it shows you you need a male ally to advocate for you. And even in the film, Kevin Cosner, who's a great actor, by the way, he plays... um, the manager of the character um, Catherine Johnson, which is played by Taraji P. Henson. And I remember there's one aspect in there where he was just like, where are you always going for so long? And she was go- she says to him, oh, I'm going to the toilet. And he goes, but why does it take you so long? And she was like, because I have to go all the way across the building to go to the toilet. That's just for black women. And he- I remember if there's one scene that I think is such a pivotal point. He literally goes towards the bathroom with a crowbar and he pulls down the sign where the where the toilets are just for only white women etc and he literally goes now you'll be able he literally says that there's no more of this Mm -hmm. having to go to different toilets etc and that's when actions speak louder than words because he didn't even just prove a point and he literally kind of shut down some of the other men in that space and that's the thing. Sometimes it's not always about reaching like hundreds of people, thousands of people. If you could just get one to be that advocate, to be that yeah. ally, it's so important. And where people listen when you say like, look, this is a problem, etc. And it, and for me, it shouldn't always be about, yes, I know there's certain targets, there's certain things, but if everything becomes so target orientated, so this, so that, it's kind of like, you're losing the human-centric aspect of it. It's about the people as well. Yes, you've got to have targets and things like that because that's what they base stuff on. But it's just like going, look at the ethnicity reports and things like that. We see it every year, but has the dull actually moved? No, it hasn't. Like half of those reports, no offence, you could just add on an an extra percentage and and literally republish it because you can see there's not a massive difference and until we keep like, and the thing is as well, uh, one thing that kind of sometimes kind of annoys me is, and someone else posted about this the other day, it was um, 
Asish Shah, who um, works at the um, Warner Brothers, I think he works at. He's a big DNI um, like specialist and expert, and he even like posted an article that I shared with friends this week, saying that in terms of asking the same people to speak about their experience, stuff like that, because you're asking people to keep reliving their trauma. How does that help? Because then you're like affecting the mental health and well-being of that individual. And also as well, you've got to remember when you ask people to speak about what happened, their experiences, what aftercare are you providing for them? What support? Because you can ask someone to speak on something, but then if they don't get no support, like then they go back to what affected them badly and they're having to pick themselves up again. Yes, mm. everyone has a great support network or you'd hope they would. But still, you've got to get to a stage where it's kind of like you've heard so many experiences. You've heard people say this. You've heard people say that. Kind of like put the wheels in motion and actually do something yeah. about it. Because actually, next? Speak, yeah, what, what's next? And I've got to say, like, at LSEG, because um, I don't want to say too much about it because it is my place of work and stuff like that. They strive to do their best and they listen we have listening sessions on things and things like that not everything's perfect but Rome wasn't made in a day you have to do baby steps and you have to do it gradually but also it's not just on DNI it's not on just HR it's on other individuals too and sometimes people forget that an organization is made up of a collective you have HR you have DNI you have finance it's not everyone's got to work and sing from the same hymn sheet if they're not then there's that imbalance and the thing is also there's individuals where like they can like kind of clap and go well done or say stuff like that in public. But behind closed doors, they're not actually doing that level of support. Mm. So don't literally act like you're one person, one place, then you're somewhere, somewhere else, because that's just a lack of integrity. And for me, like I, I don't want to use the term because it's rude, but it's just like for me, I just... I I just can't stand it because let's say f- for instance like I work so hard people like a lot of people out there they sometimes go she's everywhere stuff like that but don't just say I'm everywhere maybe I'm doing what you should also be doing or what you should be helping with and I'm not, I'm not saying I'm better or I'm a perfectionist I'm this or that but I work so damn hard like even this week look like I'm sick I've got swollen glands whatever I'm still planning for another like eight events coming up in two months I, I today's my sister's birthday I over nearly looked it oh nearly overlooked it because I was focused on this helping this person out mentoring this and that and so I split my body sometimes in eight ways in a week let alone a month and the thing is I do it because I care if I didn't care I wouldn't do it but I'm not a person that sits around just saying lip service. Oh, X, Y, Z. The proof is in the pod, the pudding. You don't have to like, I don't have to provide you metrics over like what I've done for the month. Like you ask me that. I'm just like, come on, are you serious? Like, no, come honestly. But it's just sometimes I get so worked up and so annoyed because I'm just kind of like that. I'm tired sometimes. I'm tired of always yeah. being the one to fight this, fight that. And I just sometimes like give me a bit of a reprieve. Like let me also breathe as well. Let like hear what I'm saying. Like like give me space and time as well because I'm a human being as well. And how I see it is just like I treat other people with respect. Give me that sometimes that grace as well. Because yeah. sometimes it's a lot. I've, I, I, I had. Echo, I've heard, I've heard, yeah. I've had similar conversations with uh, other individuals 
uh, within other financial institutions as well, where they say similar things that they're tired, and uh, these conversations yeah. that they're having, these fights that, that, that they're fighting, yeah, shouldn't have to be fought every single time. And I'm sure it is. It is tiring, and that's yeah. why we need, like you're saying with your analogy of the the film Hidden Figures, which I recommend. If you yeah. haven't watched it, go and watch it because it's an absolutely fantastic film. Mm. Um, you need someone to come and take that sign off, someone yeah. to remove that barrier, someone just to yeah. to sort of pull down the, the, those yeah. barriers and and and, yeah. and see what you can do to really accelerate the the growth of representation. Yeah. But because you are fighting the fight every yeah. day. But and 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 when I say tired, it's not. I don't mean necessarily it's my workplace organisation. It's society as a whole because yes. like every day there is something bad happening. And I've got to say, like, at this moment in time, in the UK, there's so much stuff going on. It's a bit chaotic. And mm. if people don't step back, and I'm saying this, and I don't want to get upset about it, but it hurts me to see how people suffer. It really, like, gets to me as an individual that sometimes I'm just like, I can't do it. I can't cope anymore. And why I say that is because we shouldn't have, for instance, young girls being killed by their ex-boyfriends, whatever. We shouldn't be seen. Like today, there is a vigil for that young girl this evening. And I know someone that knows her and my heart goes out to her and her family. And it's not even just because she's a fellow Ghanaian girl. It's like, that could be my cousin. That could be like my relative. That could be my friend's child, etc. Like this should not be happening. How can you have your 15-year-old daughter go to school and you get the next time you hear about her, someone knocking on your door to say she has been killed. We we need to like regroup as a nation and start to put in like we need to start putting in certain boundaries. We need to stop like oh, people keep saying, oh, the knife crime, this and that. But then they talk about America, the gun crime. But you need to think of why are some of these. Yeah, it's, things a happening? it's a societal issue, isn't it? Hundred, and I think like, if, if, if people don't, if people who are listening don't know about this, this young girl in Croydon, right, who, yeah. who was uh, left for school one morning and, and then got uh, got stabbed to death. It's, it's really, really sad story. And, and, and thoughts with her family. Uh, it's really, really not a nice story, but um, but it's a conversation that needs to be had, right? And yeah, it's, it's a more societal yeah. issue. Um, yeah, and, I, and I, I totally even, agree with you. And it's not even that. There's just other things, and there's also no fair distribution of wealth. Like we still have countries that are poor, getting poorer, and other stuff like that. And that, and for me, that's why, like, when people say, "Oh, she's everywhere. She does this, that." That's what I do because I'm trying to level the playing field for people. That that is that is my purpose. That is my common that is my common goal. Until I don't until I level the playing field for people, mm. I can't stop because I I'm I feel like I'm doing an injustice to them. But and you, like, you are I, doing a yeah. you are doing a fantastic job, and I think that's why it's important for me to have this conversation with you because you, you are you I I see it every single day. You're constantly fighting the fight and um and having the conversations and sometimes the tough conversations that need to be had. So uh, massive respect to you um, and, and a massive thank you to yourself. I, I wanted to ask you, uh, I wanted yeah. to ask you, Akua, like after the last conversation we had, you've been doing some articles as well recently. Would you, would you care to tell, t- tell our audience a little bit more about these articles that you've been involved in? Yes. Yeah, so like some of them that I've been uh, putting out there has been about like women's health, um and also some of them is like women's safety um and why 
again, women's safety comes back to the point we just talked about and mm. um, why it's important about that. And I just think because we do need to raise awareness you, and until you raise, keep raising awareness, it's like things are not going to stop and things don't stop as well because it's kind of like you have to change minds. So there's always that kind of analogy of changing hearts and minds and you have to. It's like people not putting out there just to pull out heartstrings. People are dying every day for various different things. We need to change the way things are happening. Stop people not getting diagnosis earlier. Even when they get diagnosis, what support can we provide for people in even organisations anywhere? Like even a lot of stuff starts from grassroots in schools. We need to get better in schools or teaching what is right and what is wrong like we can't have young boys pulling girls hair pushing them over just because they like them that kind of stuff has to stop and other things as well it's like we could sit here all day talk about what is wrong but I feel like talking about what is wrong is not going to help we have to look at solutions what can we do to help make things better for others because for me it's like Sometimes I sit there and even when the news is on, I have to turn it off because I can't take it because mm. it's just like, it, it's not even just depressing, but it's just kind of like, but what are people doing about it? What are you doing to change things? Until you can tell me that, I don't want to see like another politician says this. And sometimes we spend so much time talking about things that are wrong rather than what are our solutions, what we can do. Like even when a lot of this happened with that young girl, and I have to bring this up because it's still quite rotten because of her vigil happening today, a lot of people going on to talk about knife crime. That isn't just the problem. There's other stuff going on that in the background, there's other stuff that is a pro. And I'm, I'm trying to be careful how I say this because her family are out there and they've grieving a lot. And I hope like, the community everyone like gets behind and really supports them because we need to make sure that stuff like this doesn't happen again mm. and the thing is there's like it, it's they're trying to there's things happening here and there but it's still happening again and again how many times do we start with the start of the year how, or even end of the year the end of year news they talk about how many uh, teenagers were killed by knife crime stuff like that but knife crime is not only the problem there's other aspects of it where we need to have a full-blown conversation about it and the other thing is like one of um this is not fully common knowledge as well but I've um, worked in the last two or three years as a team London ambassador with City of London so with that last year I was part of um and a DNI kind of advisory group where we talked about how we can make volunteering programs better for our volunteers so we did like surveys things like that and the report is not fully blown published everywhere it's mainly with the city of london team but it was really interesting because we worked with external consultants called inclusive village but we did training with them even and that's why i encourage a lot of people to do charity and sport and like volunteering of different types because basically when you do that you go through extensive lot of, of dni training you this um you get taught on how to use inclusive language how to deal with different individuals from whether it's gender races disabilities etc and it helps open your eyes to mm. a lot of things like i before like if i would see someone in a wheelchair just because i just want to help them i would go over and try to approach them this and that and it's kind of like you have to change your stance like don't 
bend down to them and be disrespectful. You've got to like, only if they ask you to come close or something like that, then you change how you behave. And also you don't just go and take the back of them and then just try and like get them across the road. There's ways you could do it. Even um, I remember when I was walking with my friend one time and there was this young guy by the side of the road, but he was kind of like, I have to position my body to kind of show you, but we was coming like from, I think this way down kind of Borough High Street and he was facing us, but how you're facing me right now. And I didn't see like that he had a walking cane and um, like he just, he was by the side of the road, but he just seemed like a bit agitated or something. I, I couldn't quite put my finger on it. So when me and my friend was getting closer to him and it was raining as well, we was like was getting closer and closer and I said to my friend can we stop a second I'm going to check if he's okay so I went close to him and I then and then I realized that like he I think he was partially sighted and then um then I realized also his stick as well and so I said to him are you okay and he was just like yeah I'm trying to get to someone but I can't find it and I'm like what are you looking for and he was just like oh I can show you and I was just like are you okay and I, I literally as I was doing it I was being so respectful of him and I was just saying like are you okay for me to look at your phone and I was like I promise you like I'm not going to take any of your belongings I'm here to help I've got my friend by me and I kind of described like where my friend was and things like that and then when he showed me I couldn't believe it he was only like a couple of minutes away from where he was and it's weird because he was outside like a busy bar there's security out there no one approached him people had passed him no one had stopped to go like are you okay and from come behind him you would see a stick there and again that really annoyed me I was going to say another word but can't do that but it really annoyed me because it's just like how many people passed this young gentleman and no one thought to stop even the security guard I know you've got a job to do but if someone's been hovering around outside for a while you kind of like it would be nice if you approached him and it's kind of like I think I had to go at the guy afterwards because <laughs> like, things just get me penned up when I see people treat like that it annoys me to the core and um but it's a lesson for all of us, though, Aqua, right? I think, yeah. especially in a, in a work environment, to be aware of these things. and Yeah, 100%. And, and, and not to make assumptions. Yeah, um, no, hun- we, yeah 100%. We need to, I think, especially when I was, even when I was working in a corporate environment, maybe more so. Um, yeah. You have to be, because everyone's different, right? And, and there may be yeah. some individuals that are maybe neurodiverse. So, like, so exactly. it's, it's not something which is physical and, and, and you can you can physically see uh, the disability but yeah but they may their brains may work slightly differently exactly. to yours so, no, 100%, but this is the beauty yeah. of diversity and inclusion right yeah 100%. everyone's different everyone brings something different to the table and I think if uh, if companies want to be successful we have to embrace the diversity and and and, and yeah, bring these 100%. people to the conversations because yeah. everyone's yeah. got something uh something important to add yeah. um thanks for sharing Aqua. I think I think yeah, we, we we maybe all need to just pause and reflect and think look are we doing enough can we do more and I think that's the message that we're going to get from today's podcast we, we've yeah. got a bit of a closing tradition for yeah. the podcast I'm going to ask you this question Akua can you name someone within your network who's really inspired you and tell us why yeah um, oh, do you know what I think that's so hard because I feel like I'm around inspirational people every single day. Um, and for me, it's really hard to narrow it down because I get attracted to great communities, great people, just because like the level of empathy they've got, how they support people, champion people. So I think for me to narrow it down 
to one person like uh, do you know what? I'm gonna say off the cuff so it's not someone directly in my network because it wouldn't be fair to anyone I know I would say um I would definitely say maybe I, I love putting out a quote there by Maria Angelou but and why I say that is just because it's everything she teaches like the wisdom the gems she gives like from um like until you know better do better and things like that and like if someone teaches you something or whatever you learn teach it to someone else there's always so many gems in what she um gives out there and I know so many of my friends and people in my network they also try to follow those kind of words of wisdom so I definitely say um yeah my Angelou is, is amazing thanks for sharing really appreciate uh, you coming on the podcast today and sharing some of your views and and look sh- sharing some of your frustrations as well and um yeah. I, I really enjoy talking to you and you've been so honest with me and open so really do applaud you for that and uh hopefully we can see more action from from these conversations but uh, for the moment we'll say goodbye but thanks so much okay thank you very much